your story tonight. Amen. That once upon a time, he took the pen out of your hands and the story you had started off writing that turned out to be quite a mess. He took it over and he said, no, I, I think I'll finish it from here. Amen. I'm thankful that he's the author and the finisher. Amen. Amen. Why don't you give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated tonight. Amen. What an honor it is to be in the house of the Lord with God's people. Amen. Amen. It is so good to be here tonight. We've got two that are going to be baptized tonight at the conclusion of service. We're so excited for them. Amen. And their story is going to be different. Amen. I'm going to be reading tonight from Acts chapter 27. You don't have to stand. You can be seated. But I do want to kind of give an introduction here. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. But here in Acts, we see that Paul is on a ship that has found itself in the middle of a horrible storm. And he warned them it was going to be a rough trip. He tells them, I I don't think that we should go this way. I don't think we should do it in this manner because I see the wind that's out there. And I can tell just by looking, this is not a good idea. This voyage, he says, will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. But the officer in charge didn't listen. And so they set sail and they're out on this ship and this wind is blowing and tossing them all over. And then things go from bad to worse. For at first, the winds were already bad. And Paul didn't like what he had already seen. But at this point, he's already given his two cents, and they didn't want to hear what he had to say. And I, don't, I, I know he was probably sitting over there when all this is going down. And like, I told him. I told you so. Y'all didn't want to listen. But I told you it was going to be like this. But then they find themselves in a really big mess when they encounter this Eurachlodon. Now, that's a strange word thrown right in the middle of this story of them in this storm. What is this storm, you ask? Well, this storm is very violent. It is a whirlwind, hurricane-like storm. It causes violent agitation of the waters, which brought on raging, mighty waves. So not only were they encountering strong winds that already had them second-guessing things, but now to make matters worse, this other wind started blowing and just caught right up with that other wind and caused this whirlwind-like effect that just put them in a heap of trouble. So here they are in the middle of a storm, this crazy storm that starts throwing them all around, and they get the bright idea, well, maybe we ought to start throwing some stuff overboard. They're even ready to abandon ship themselves, except this time Paul tells them, no, 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 
We've got to all stay on the ship together. We've got to all stay here together if you plan on making it. We've got to stay here. They're ready to abandon ship, but he is telling them, don't, don't do this. And even though we're going to lose this ship, he tells them, you won't lose your life if you just sit tight. Well, how assuring. We're going to lose the ship, but I need you to stay on this ship if we're going to make it. That doesn't make much sense to us. But he said, no, I know this sounds crazy, but I know what the Lord told me. And he said that there's somewhere for me to be and we're going to make it. Everything's going to be all right. But we've all got to stay together. If you want to make it, you're going to have to stay on this boat. So they cut the line of the lifeboat that was there and they just decided to hang it out with good old Paul. So it is with this that brings us to our text for this evening. Verse 33, Passion Translation, it says, Just before daybreak, Paul urged everyone to eat. He said, Today makes two full weeks that you have been in fearful peril and hunger, unable to eat a thing. Now eat and be nourished, for you'll all come through this ordeal without a scratch. Then Paul took bread and gave thanks to God in front of them, broke it, and began to eat. There were 276 people who ate until they were filled and were strengthened and encouraged after they were satisfied, they threw the grain into the sea to lighten the ship. There's something about a good meal that could make hard times better. After they get done eating, it says that they were strengthened and they were encouraged. But it's verse 35 that I want to talk about tonight. It says, then Paul took bread... And gave thanks to God in front of them, broke it, and began to eat. Tonight, for just a little while, I want to talk to you on the subject, taking time to be thankful. Taking time to be thankful. This weekend, as Pastor mentioned a moment ago, we will turn back the clock. Some will capitalize on this one extra hour to... Go to sleep and get an extra hour of sleep. While some will use that one extra hour as an excuse to stay up one hour later. The general idea behind time change is that this allows us to make better use of our time. Farmers once upon a time relied heavily on time change. So that they could make the most of the sunlight to get the job done. Capitalizing on time is something we sometimes are not very good at. Some people are super planners. They have calendars. They have apps. They have programs. They have all these things that they use to help them plan each and every day of their life. There's some people that know They've got something on said day, but there's some people that literally have hours blocked in a day for certain things. 
We have perfected scheduling all the while failing at time management. Just because I schedule something and my calendar is full and maybe even organized, it does not mean that I manage my time wisely. Managing my time comes with discipline. It comes with determining the difference between what is urgent and what is most important. Fourteen days of being in a storm and being hungry and not eating one time during that storm, I can tell you tonight what would be urgent to me. Number one, it would be of utmost importance that I find a way to get out of that circumstance that I'd found myself in. But secondly, it would be to get something in my stomach. Because at that point, I I not only would be upset and frustrated, I would be hangry, as they say. For Paul, eating was urgent. For Scripture said Paul urged everyone to eat. He said, you've gone 14 days in this storm, and you have not eaten anything. And it ain't over yet. But before we get rid of all this stuff, let's eat. That's urgent. It was necessity for them at that point. But what was most important? Isn't it funny that the more we try to get a hold of things, the more out of touch we can sometimes become? In an effort to schedule our lives so we are not so busy We never have any free time. We see the urgencies around us and put them down as necessities. And we are going to live our life by the calendar. However, this leaves us with stress. It leaves us with anxiety. We never measure up. We overcommit. We underperform. And we feel so guilty that we did not reach 100% of our unrealistic goals. Have you ever done that before? You have this to-do list, and you've made up your mind, you're going to stick to it, and you're going to do those things, and you're going to accomplish them, but then you get to the end of the week, and you look at that to-do list, and always next time. We'll try again tomorrow. We'll try next, next week. But if we would go back to the beginning and see... There's a problem with living by schedule. And that's because sometimes storms happen that we are not anticipating. Or storms happen that we are anticipating. We just didn't realize it was going to be this bad. And so even in our plan and our agenda and our knowing that there's a place that God is taking us. The storm has us in a place where we haven't gotten done the things we thought we needed to get done. But if we would go back to the beginning, could these storms have been avoided? If I had listened to Paul, if I had given ear to his concern, could I have avoided where we are at today? Would things have been different? Urgency is a terrible tyrant. It demands that you give her 100% of your attention 100% of the time. And that can be exhausting. Urgent things will always take up your time. But are they most important? 
Our lives have become so chaotic and as if one strong wind wasn't enough, another one comes and makes my situation even crazier. Our world is so cluttered up with things we think we should do that we can't wrap our mind around what we are meant to do. We're so caught up going through the checklist of what is my expectations for myself? What are my spouse's expectations of me? What are my children's expectations of me? What is my job's expectations? My friends, and the list could go on and on. And we pile up this list of expectancies and we measure ourselves against those expectancies. All the while, God's over here saying, you're, you're doing all of those things, but is that what I've asked of you? Is that what I have called you to do? Is that who I have called you to be? Let your life be about what you were meant to do. Let your life be about taking moments. And as Pastor mentioned a while ago, pausing for just a moment. Psalms chapter 8, the psalmist said, When I consider thy heavens... When I stop and think about it just for a moment, and I think about all that God has done, and I think about His goodness, and I think of all the Lord has done, it's in those moments when I consider those things that I, I stop and I say, well, who am I that thou art mindful of? me?" I realize how great God truly is. Let your life be about what you were meant to do. Matthew 14, it says... And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Well, Jesus, don't you know that the multitude that was there, there had to have been some needs? There had to have been people that still wanted you to linger and still wanted you to stay and still wanted you to be with them for several more days and weeks and you could have just camped out there the rest of your life and they would have been perfectly content. Don't you know that there were urgencies there? Don't you understand the importance of each and every one of those people there in the multitude? But even Jesus knew that you can't please everybody. For he said as many as would receive him. He knew good and well there would be some that would not receive him. That was just part of it. So Jesus, Scripture says, sent the multitudes away. And he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Maybe Jesus also realized while there are always urgent things, I still have to take time to pray I still have to take time to separate myself from the crowd and find a place of solitude and get my own thoughts together and rest and just, just have a moment. There's always going to be crowds. There's always going to be multitudes. There's always going to be people there. But I've got to take time to slip away and send the crowds away just for a moment. And I've too got to take time to just stop and be thankful. I too got to slip away and give myself an, a moment to praise God and to thank God and take time to be thankful. I still have to make time to pray. I still have to make sure I am committed to this cause. Taking time means you use an amount of time 
to do something important. If you're taking time, it means that you're going to use an amount of time in order to do something important. It means you are intentional about prioritizing things in your life. You know, thankfulness, unfortunately, is becoming a lost art. Thank you becomes something someone says when they get what they want, how they wanted it, and when they wanted it, if it is said at all. But when it doesn't go my way and my order didn't come out right and and it wasn't exactly the way I imagined it, we don't say thank you to the waiter as if it was his fault that the kitchen didn't put on my plate what I had ordered. We don't know who did it, but we ain't saying thank you. It's something that our culture is missing, a heart of gratitude and appreciation. My boys, they don't really understand the fullness of what a veteran is, what has only been expressed to them by mom at homeschool. But last week, my dad was with Remington out of the field, and there was an older gentleman out there with his veteran's cap on, and the baseball went by, and the man picked it up and handed it to Remington, and Remy grabbed it and turned around and stopped, and he turned back around and looked up at the man. And he said, thank you for your service. So that man goes and finds my dad and he says, are you with Remington? My dad said, yeah, you know, he's my grandson. I'm here with him tonight. And he said, I want to say what a great young man this was that he took the time to say thank you. That meant so much to me. It's amazing what just taking a moment to say thank you could mean to somebody. When was the last time you, you might have been about your business and you went and d- did something, and, but you just stopped and you said, God, before I get in too big of a hurry and go back to what I was doing, can I just stop right for a minute? Can I just pause for a moment and say thank you? Can I take some time just right now to be thankful, to lift my... Can we do that right now? Can we pause right now and say thank you, Jesus? Thank you for all that you've done for me. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness, for your blood, oh Lord, for saving me. God, don't let me get in a hurry. Let me have a heart of thankfulness tonight. Amen. Even the very holiday itself that we are quickly approaching has all but vanished. Every store that had fall decor and pumpkins and candy canes and turkeys that represented fall, quickly flew off the shelves before October 31st even got there. Several years ago, we used to go back the next couple days after October 31st and buy the candy because it was 50 and 75% off then, and you got quite a bargain. But now... It's all pushed to one little corner, and it's picked through, and it's just, it's given away. It's, they're done with it because they're already making room for Christmas. And typically, we love the thought of Christmas. I love Christmas. 
I love the season. I love that we use that time to acknowledge the birth of Jesus. But I ask you tonight, can we take time this year to slow down and truly be thankful? For Thanksgiving is not about turkey. It's not about football. It's not about cool weather, especially here. It's not about pumpkin pie. And Thanksgiving has even become overshadowed by something we call Black Friday. Where once you had to wait until the day after, now stores are open up Thanksgiving Day where people are working, where people are camping out, where people are at stores instead of at home with their families. Thanksgiving, while it is recognized as a holiday, was a word before it was a day. It was a word with great meaning. The word thanksgiving means the expression of gratitude, especially to God. The act of giving thanks, grateful acknowledgement of benefits or favors, especially to God. Now this isn't Landon Long's definition, this is what was online. It is an expression of thanks, especially to God. It is a public celebration and acknowledgement of divine favor or kindness from God. It is a day set apart for giving thanks to God. And we call this Thanksgiving Day. While our holiday stems from the feast held in 1621, the true Thanksgiving was a way of life for the pilgrims that day, as they would have days of prayer offering thanks to God. And as wonderful as that was, thanks to God was something given long before 1621. First Chronicles says, Give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. It said, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Ezra 3 says, And they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord. Jeremiah 30 says, And out of them shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of them that make merry. When some had gathered looking for fault to find in Daniel, they gather him and they get together with the king and they're trying to find something against him and they can't. He's just a good God. Nothing they can find will be anything good to accuse him. So they said, well, we're going to have to lie. We're going to have to make some stuff up about him. We're going to have to create something that's going to put him in a bind. And we know just what to do. So they go to the king and ask him to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days save of these, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. See, that's where if somebody told us that, we'd say, all right, I don't want to cause any trouble. Brother Duane, it's only 30 days. 
if they're just asking me not to do it for 30 days, I don't have to pray for 30 days. It ain't going to be the end of the world. God understands. He knows my heart. Yeah. He, he knows that I, I, I want to be in prayer. I want to be there. I want to be faithful. But he, he knows. But the Bible says now when Daniel knew, he understood the consequences. He understood what had been said. He understood that disobeying this was going to cause him to be thrown in the den of lions. Daniel knew that the writing was signed. He went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber towards Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. You can sign whatever decree you want to sign. You can tell me what you're going to do to me. You can ask me not to do it for 30 days. But it's just who I am to stop and to pray and to give thanks. I know you've signed this decree, but I can't help but stop and thank God for being who he is. I can't. I can't go a day without praising him. I can't go a day without stopping and being thankful to him. It was when Jonah found himself in the belly of hell when he cried out to God. And he's going through the whole scene as if God didn't already know it. Oh God, I was falling. I was slipping. I was sinking down in the water so deep. And all this stuff come past me and... And he's, he's going through all of these things. But he says, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. Even though I'm sinking, even though I have found my place in the belly of hell, I have found myself in the very gut of this well, I'm still going to be intentional about thanking you. I'm still going to take the time to have a thankful heart. If you don't take the time to be thankful, Jonah, God might put you in a place and give you the opportunity to have all the time in the world. To have some good thinking time. That was God's time out chair right there. All right, you, you, you want to do this? I'm going to put you somewhere where you ain't got nothing to do, nobody to talk to, nothing to occupy your time. You're just going to sit there in the belly of that well and think about what you've done. And in that place of thinking about all that he had done, he said, I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. It was a determination. It was a mindset. God may have put me here, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use my time wisely. The word selah in scripture literally means to pause, to reflect, and to praise. I miss Brother Jones so dearly. I, I, I'd love hearing him, Sister Jones' husband. Some of y'all don't even remember him. You weren't here then, but he would, in the middle of, pastor's message he'd be hmm think about it hmm think about it that was his selah moment that was him stopping in the middle of a message feasting on what was just given thinking about what the preacher was saying and saying hmm think about it 
That was him taking a moment to be thankful. Him taking a moment to soak in what God was doing. Take time. Take time. Some of us need to call time out. When things are getting too crazy, when things are getting out of line, when things are getting chaotic, time out. Time out. I need to reassess. I need to refocus. I need to reflect and recommit and reconnect. When things get crazy and you're in the middle of a storm and then another storm comes and your whole world is spinning and everything around you seems to be falling apart. Hold on, time out. Time out. Let me, let me reassess my situation. Let me see where I'm at tonight. This is an easy season right here to just simply get through it. Some of us have already eyed January 1st. If I can just get through the holidays, if I could just get through Thanksgiving and Christmas and all the hustle, and if I could just get... What a tragedy to simply get through a time to be thankful, to simply get through a season where we're supposed to celebrate the birth of Jesus, to simply just make it to the edge of this year into next year. But I challenge someone here tonight to stop for just a moment and have an opportunity to be thankful. We always talk about the leper because of his thankfulness. He, because of that, he was made whole. Scripture says, and he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Other translations said he was overflowing with gratitude. When was the last time you overflowed with gratitude? Not just, hey, thanks. But thank you. Thank you. Nobody else understood where I was at. Nobody else understood the place that I was in as a leper and a Samaritan. I was really bad on the bottom of the totem pole. But God, you came and you spoke into my life and you healed me. And I want to take time. To stop what I'm doing. I know there's nine others that went and did their own thing. But I want to stop and say thank you. I want to take a moment to tell you how truly grateful I am for what you've done in my life. And it's because of that that Jesus said, well, you've been healed, but now you're made whole. Now you're perfect. Now you're back to where I created you to be because you had a thankful heart. Colossians says, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks. Colossians said, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. First Timothy, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayer, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made. It said, for every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. Hebrews said, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Psalms 18. Therefore will I give thanks unto thee, O Lord. Psalms 30. Sing unto the Lord, O you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. 
Psalms 30, 12 says, To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent, O Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. Psalms 35, I will give thee thanks in the great congregation. I will praise thee among much people. Psalms 50, offer unto God thanksgiving. Psalm 69, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. Psalm 75, unto thee, O God, do we give thanks. Unto thee do we give thanks. I'm going to say it twice. I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to have a grateful heart. I'm going to have a heart of gratitude. I'm going to stop what I'm doing and stop the hustle and bustle and take a time out and say, I'm going to take a moment to stop and be thankful. Over and over again in Psalms, you'll see it. Therefore will I, I will, I will give thee thanks. I will praise the name. I will have a heart of thanksgiving. It is a decision that you get to make for yourself. Nobody else can call that time out for you. Nobody else can make you go say thank you. It is something you make up in your mind that says, God has been too good to me for me to sit here and be quiet. God has been too faithful. He's been a friend. He saved me. He redeemed me. That song said, when I think about the Lord, it makes me want to shout, hallelujah, Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy of all of the glory and all of the honor and all of the praise. It happens when you thank God. If you would stop long enough to think, maybe you can stop long enough to thank. If you would just think about the goodness of God. And think about his faithfulness. And think about where he brought you from. And think about the first time you felt his presence and his touch. Then maybe you would get back to thanking him. Psalms 92, it's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name. Psalms 97, rejoice in the Lord, ye righteous, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Psalms 100, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful, be thankful, be thankful unto him and bless his name. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for his mercies endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for his mercies endureth forever. Psalms 119, he said, at midnight, in the dark hour, I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. Let's all stand all over this house tonight. It's 1 Thessalonians 5 says, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Matthew 26, verse 26, in Matthew it says, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and brake it, and gave disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and he gave thanks. You mean in a hard time like that? 
knowing you're fixing to give your very own life to save and redeem us. The persecution that's already started happening. The betrayal that you've already felt. That sting from your friend that is sitting there at the table with you. Oh yeah, even in that. I'm going to take time to do this before them. And show them that even in this, I can take time to give thanks. At the last supper, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples. And take and eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink ye all of it. Even in storms. Even at midnight, even at the end, I've got to take time to be thankful. Rewind back to our text tonight. This storm that Paul is in for 14 days, a hurricane like we have never seen, and that's saying something. And they're out there being tossed to and fro. Time out. We're going to eat. But first, we're going to give thanks. Preacher, just eat. We've been in this storm without food for 14 days. If we would have been on the ship that day and, the, and Paul spoke up and said, Gentlemen, we're fixing to eat. There would have been people just... But he said, hold on, hold on, hold on. We don't just dig in like that. You'll get your hand slapped at this table. We're going to stop just a minute. Well, we're in the middle of a storm. I know. Well, it's a Eurocle. It, this thing is crazy. This is a double whammy. I know. But we're still going to take time to stop and be thankful. We're still, and it, I love it. what it says. It says he did it right there in front of all of them. Could it be he was showing them the importance of stopping what you're doing in the middle of your chaos, in the middle of the, the trouble and the trials? I know we're doing all that, but I'm about to show all 150-something of you the importance of stopping and giving thanks. God, thank you for this bread that we're about to eat. God, I thank you that we even have provision enough to eat this bread. I thank you that you've kept us this far. And you've already given us a confirmation that we're going to make it the rest of the way. It may be on broken pieces. It may not be the way that we thought. But God, we're breaking it and we're giving you thanks for your goodness. We're giving you thanks for bringing us this far. Would somebody do that tonight? Would you lift your hands all over this house and begin to thank God? Before you do anything else, take a time out right now and say, God, I want to take some time to say thank you. I want to take a moment just to tell you how much I love you. I want to take some time to say thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that I've never had to beg for bread. Thank you, oh God, that you've kept me this far. And you've given me confirmation after confirmation that I'm going to make it. That everything's going to be all right. God, I know there's a lot going on right now. I know there's people around that maybe 
have betrayed me. But even then, I'm going to stop and I'm going to give you thanks. As the psalmist said, I will give thanks unto you. I will praise you. I will bless the Lord at all times. In everything, I'm going to give you thanks. In my struggle, in my trial, in the midnight hour, in my chains, in my persecution, you're going to hear it come out of my mouth tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for allowing us to live for you, oh God. Thank you, God, that you've kept us this long. Oh, and I thank you, Lord, for those that are around me tonight, for my brothers and sisters. God, I thank you for favor. I thank you for anointing. I thank you, oh Lord, for everything that you have done. Praise God, praise God, praise God. I challenge you during this season, don't rush. Don't, I, it may be crazy, it may be chaotic, it may be worse than last year, but that's all right. You can still be intentional about saying, no, I'm going to take some time to intentionally be thankful. If I've got a calendar with an agenda of something and it doesn't have thankfulness on it and it doesn't have a time allotted there to spend with the Lord and to spend time thanking Him, then this schedule needs to be torn up and we say, okay, I'm going to prioritize and I'm going to put God at the top of the list. In everything, give thanks. I'm going to bless the Lord every day of my life. I'm going to sing praises unto Him. In the morning, at noon, at night, well, they've, they've, maybe they're going to not let you do that. Well, I'm going to take some time to do that. I'm going to be like Daniel, and I'm going to still get down, and I'm going to still thank God. Amen. There's some things that ought to be a priority to our lives. And thankfulness and prayer ought to be at the top of those things. Amen. Worship with Brother Clyde T. tonight. Oh, I thank the Lord for my blessing. For all the ways He has kept me. Oh, I can't forget how it saved my soul. I've got a reason to praise the Lord woke me up, woke me up this morning, gave me a testimony. I've got a reason, so many more. He's done so much for me. He gave me the victory. I've got a reason to praise the Lord. I thank the Lord. I thank the Lord, He is faithful, and when I'm low, He is able. I was alone when He opened the door, I've got a reason to praise the Lord, yeah, because He woke me up this morning, gave me a testimony. I've got a reason and so many more. He's done so much for me. He gave me the victory. I've got a reason to praise the Lord. Yeah. 
morning gave me a testimony. I've got a reason, so many more. He's done so much for me. He gave me the victory. I've got a reason to praise the Lord. Amen. You've got a reason tonight to be thankful. Amen. If you don't know what it is off the top of your head, then take some time to consider. Take some time out to think about the goodness of God. Think about where He's brought you from. Think about all He's kept you from. Amen. Every door that He closed and make sure you didn't walk through it. Amen. We've got a lot to be thankful for tonight. Amen. Amen. If those that are going to be baptized want to go ahead and get ready. Amen. You can continue worship. You can continue getting around one another, encouraging them, loving them tonight. Thank you for being faithful to the house of the Lord. God bless you.